Welcome to my podcast, Creative Conflab, where we'll have honest conversations about creativity, art, design, and craft. Ready to get started? Let's go. Thank you for listening. This is episode two with Katie Hanzarek. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Katie. Uh, just to start, I wanted to let you have the opportunity to tell people who you are, what you do, and how you got started in doing art therapy. Okay, thank you so much. I really enjoyed your first podcast. I'm very excited for you and to be um, honored in this way. Thank you for taking an appreciation in this project. Um, So my name is Katie Hanzarek. I am currently working at the Avalon Sexual Assault Center for uh, women and trans individuals who've been victimized by violence. And, you know, it was really through um, the tragedy that occurred uh, recently in Nova Scotia that that has now been identified as uh, a domestic violence situation. It was, I felt this immense calling to offer some some sort of creative way of coping and dealing with um such a range of emotions that that I was feeling and that I I can imagine other people were feeling too. So I'm sure we'll talk more about that. So uh, I'm an art therapist, a registered with the Canadian Art Therapy Association, which I love deeply, and uh, formerly was registered with the American Art Therapy Association, but have found my my home here, I feel like, in Canada as an art therapist. Um, and I, yeah, I went to NASCAD University and studied interdisciplinary arts and could just kind of found my way through, um, to wanting, wanting to felt like, like being an artist, although it was so profoundly rewarding for me, it didn't feel like it felt like it was missing a piece of, of that connection, you know, like a lot of artists are so isolated in doing their art. And there is a time and a place for me to absolutely indulge in that. But I felt there was this piece missing. So including, you know, uh, counseling, I'm also a registered counseling therapist in Nova Scotia. So I sort of hold both of those and that fits very well for me. That's just a little bit about. about yeah. Me. So you sort of started in the art discipline and then sort of found your calling of there's something here where I can help people through the art and then sort of transitioned into that and I love that yeah I love that and what would for people who don't know like I've never like I've heard of art therapy but I've never known anyone close to me who does art therapy so how is a session different from the stereotypical talk therapy and how accessible is it now that we're all self-isolated? For sure. I don't know about for you or if it's who I'm following on social media or what I'm listening to, but it seems like so many people are just really longing for creativity. And I mean, your podcast is like such a beautiful example of that. It's just like people are just hungry for it, I feel. So... Art therapy basically is, it's like talk therapy in terms of you have a therapist who is registered. It's, it's a profession. It's, you know, you, you have to work with someone. Well, you don't have to, but um, there's a, you know, licensing board around art therapy now, which is wonderful. 
um, and people who are licensed are are registered have gone to school for that. So it's they're trained in how to work with people. A lot of social workers or you know psychologists may use art, but it looks a little bit differently than traditional art therapy. And art therapy can look a lot of different ways, just like how you know how talk therapy can have many different modalities. So in an art therapy session, you know, I'd I'd gather some information from you, like some of your history, or I might offer a a creative way of doing that. Um, You know, for example, one that's just coming to my mind right now, I might ask you to, um, I might offer you like uh, a bowl of, of black rocks and a bowl of white rocks. And I might invite you to, in a little sand tray, place um, black rocks that represent difficulties for you or, or some hardships that you've experienced in your life and the white rock, rocks representing, you know, some of the experiences that you've found were, were like gifts for you. And then giving you some time to kind of think about it in a different way. And then as you place them on the sand tray, then we might just talk about that. And, you know, art therapy, there's a common misconception that, you know, I'm going to um, interpret your art, which I would never do. You as the artist have the answers for yourself and what that means for you. So I might say, Oh, I notice, you know, I, I notice that, that your art is showing, uh, showing up in this way or that this image keeps kind of returning to you. What does that mean for you? But I would never say, Oh, this means that because for everybody, it's so different. You know, I also engage my clients in a variety of different materials. So it could be like inviting them to do chalk pastels or watercolors or clay, depending on the situation and what's, you know, what's happening for them. Or I might just have, um, as one of my art therapist colleagues say, a buffet, an art buffet, and you can just choose what it is that you're feeling called to work with in that moment. So sometimes our therapy can be directive, meaning I might ask you to, to draw a picture of, um, your family, or it might be, um, more open-ended, like, why don't you just draw a picture of how you're feeling today? And we can go from there or even just a scribble and, or choosing a color or making a mark that kind of represents how you're feeling. So really it can look a lot of different ways, but it's, it's expressing yourself. And especially I find it's the, sometimes there's difficulty in using words to explain how we're feeling. So images can be, um, such a wonderful way to communicate and to be seen and to share how it is that we're feeling without using our words. So for artists in particular, but for anybody, um, it can be an amazing way of connecting to someone when it's difficult to share or even to know how it is we're feeling. Yes, I love that. That was all so beautiful, especially um, as an artist myself, which I know a lot of people can relate to, is that fear of judgment or how is other people going to perceive or interpret what I'm doing? And then when we get those fears, we just shut down and we don't create anything. And so part of my whole initiative with the podcast is to ensure people that it doesn't matter what anybody outside thinks. 
just create something. And, and I love how you took something so minimalist as rocks to represent things. And even after doing something like that, you can move forward and do bigger things once you gain your confidence a little bit and, and expand. And it doesn't have to be with art supplies. It can be with anything. Um, we automatically think of creativity and go to art, which creativity is so much more than that. Myself as a creative, I've always felt better in times of crisis or when I'm feeling down when I create something. So when I paint something, I draw something, I do collage, I do have stuff out of magazines and paste it on a page like we used to do in kindergarten. It just makes me feel better. So what's the actual physiology or what's happening in my brain that makes me happier when that happens? That is such a great question. Um, you know, that, that space, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this when you're like, when you have the opportunity to be in this space where, you know, a few hours go by and then you're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't eaten. I haven't gone to the bathroom. I forgot all uh, everything all the away. And I was focused. And Chikspen Mihai, who's a, a researcher, talks, calls that the flow state. And my interpretation of the flow state is when, um, when parts of our brain are activated, especially you know the left and right hemispheres of the brain are working together, this bilateral stimulation is what they call it. When both of those parts of our brain and our higher brain, our prefrontal cortex responsible for decision-making, what colors am I going to use? What, where am I going to make this, this mark or this cut or this you know, paste? Where am I going to paste this on? You're using your rational, logical mind, which all of those parts of the brain are shut down during stress and we're on the lower part of our brain, our survival mechanism. And so that creates a physiological stress response in our body and, and it shuts down, you know, and it shuts down creativity. And we're thinking, where am I going to get my food? I need safety. I need security. I need to feel warm and contained. And so a lot of, a lot of the time, um, you know, people don't feel creative because they're stressed out right. and overwhelmed. Yeah. And I mean, so, yeah, I can definitely relate. And especially um, focus, decision making, um, distraction so easily lately, like all of those things. Yeah. And even the screen, you know, screens operate as our prefrontal cortex sometimes in our logical mind. And so that can even influence how, how we're operating in the world and our mindfulness and how we're engaging in the world. So, you know, art is a tangible, is tangible. There is an, there is an object on the page and we're interacting with that. And, um, you know, of course there's digital art too, which there's, you're, you know, still engaging in parts of your higher brain as well. But I think basically why it feels so good. And it's, I, you know, I think it's not even just 
the brain. I wonder about the heart, you know, is the heart open when oh, we're yeah. expressing ourselves in that way? And does it feel good? Do, you know, is, are our ancestors supporting us in making art? Because it's a language that we've used for so many centuries. Like it sort of is the ultimate sort of transcending language in terms of, you know, it, you know, if I show somebody a picture who doesn't speak English, you know, they may be be able to resonate on a, a different level and we can communicate in that way. So it's sort of like, I think, um, about, uh, I think about that when I'm making art and why it feels so good to be making art. I also wanted to say that the, the textures and the feeling of it, feeling the paper is often soothing for me and feeling my hand go across the paper of your drawing and like the sound of the pencil or the pen going across, like all of those different senses, I feel all get more stimulated, especially when you're in the state of flow, when you're able to shut the world out and just create. I feel, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yes, me too. And I wanted to say like, when we're feeling stressed, it can be daunting to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and paint when we're feeling stressed. So just a little tool of like, when you know you're in your fighter, we call it fight or flight when you're right. like in survival um, mode, stress mode, everything feels like an attack. Um, when we're in that mode, it, it could feel daunting to make that leap to like, I'm going to do a beautiful watercolor collage. Focusing on the the grounding aspects of art, so it could be like um, exactly what you just said, feeling the paper, really looking and 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 using all of your senses. I like to put essential oils in my watercolors and you know smell them, and so it's this whole sensory experience, and that activates our higher brain. So even when you're feeling stressed and it feels like it's a big step to kind of do a creative process. Exactly what you said, engage the senses as a way to kind of activate some of those parts of our brain that, um, that really encourage creativity and flow. Right, exactly. I love that idea of essential oils in the water. I've never thought of that, and now I'm so excited to do watercolors again. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that tip. Uh, so I believe everybody has creativity in them. And because we associate creativity with art, and especially now that everybody has access to so many examples of artists, we think of, you know, the Vincent Van Goghs, the Picassos, when we think of art. So what do you tell people who are stuck in that mindset of, I'm not creative. For sure. Yeah. Such a great question. And also just to be transparent, that happens to me too. Um, I think it happens to all of us. It's a human experience of feeling blockages that get in the way of creativity. So I agree. Uh, I think creativity is inherent um, in a, a therapy model that I, I work with called inter internal family systems. They see it as one of the eight C's. So creativity, um, compassion, clarity, calm, and others. And it's sort of like um, saying to yourself, oh, I'm not, I'm not compassionate. Well, you know, some things get in the way of you feeling compassionate towards yourself and towards others. Same thing with creativity. You are inherently creative blockages get in the way. And in terms of internal family systems, they would use it in terms of parts. So there's a part of me 
that is the, I don't think I'm creative part, or I'm not worthy of making art part, or I don't have time part, or whatever these things that, and parts sort of um, come into being from, uh, you know, potentially traumatic or even, um, you know, intense moments in our lives that maybe somebody told us that we weren't creative or there was, it, we were impacted in that way and we adapted ourselves to kind of mold into our identities. These usually happened early on. And it's really sad that I find a lot of people have these, um, these parts or these blockages, especially around art, which I find so interesting because art is subjective. Who am I to say something's beautiful or not beautiful? Yeah. That's, that's like, you know, that's just your opinion and your perception of, you know, of what you're, of what you're perceiving is beautiful or not beautiful. So I feel that what I would, what I would say to somebody is, notice and acknowledge those parts that are getting in your way. Maybe, maybe dig a little bit deeper with the help of a therapist, or if you feel confident and grounded enough to do it on your own, where does that come from? Can I think, can I think of a time when somebody told me that I wasn't creative Good enough or it didn't look well? Yeah. You're wrong. You, know, you, you made this guy Brown. Why did you make this guy Brown? Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you're allowed to make the sky brown. You're allowed to have three moons in your drawing. It's a re- there's a time and a place for realists and, you know, and people who are um, oil painters and the Picassos. Yes, these are all parts of our history and our cultural identity around art. But as an individual who wants to become more creative, I would say it's a hoop. You can just jump through it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and just take that first step, acknowledge the parts that are getting in your way, um, thank them for protecting you from from whatever it is that they're trying to protect you from, but that you'd like, you know, creativity, you'd like to build that creative muscle because it is like a muscle in some ways. You know, you yeah. wouldn't expect someone just to jump on the violin. No. <laughs> so why would you expect someone to sit? Uh, watercolors are a great example of that, to, to just, you know to to be perfect that's another blockage it has to look perfect or it has to look the way that I have it in my mind there are some great people around that me too Brene Brown and Elizabeth Gilbert they write a lot about that yeah I am I am the ultimate perfectionist and I've been working really hard on it because especially as an artist and a designer you don't you're not able to share your skill sets or the work that you're capable of unless you share the work that you do and so sharing the work that you do and Brené Brown I love her she's like one of my favorites um the whole idea of being brave means you have to be vulnerable and as artists we're always being vulnerable because we're always sharing our work we're always putting our creativity out there and the nature of the world right now is everybody's a critic everyone has an opinion But I like to remind myself that opinion is not fact, Mm -hmm. right? So um, someone else might not like it. I love it. And I'm going to keep loving it. And you can find someone else. (laughs) Enjoy their art. (laughs) So you've already touched on it a little bit. um, But for people like myself, who I'm a creative professional, so I make 
my income being creative and producing work. And so um, do you have any tips for people like me out there on how to get back to our creativity or how to start getting over those blocks and getting out of that, um, that fight or flight mode of, of we're stuck and we can't do anything. For sure. And I just want to say my heart really like it, when this all happened, it was all the small businesses where I felt, Oh, that like that heart tug of, um, you know, and doing my best to support those local businesses right now, but artists absolutely right now I'm, I'm really feeling for, for the, um, the artists who are, um, have a hard time pre COVID finding their profession. And then post COVID it's like, you know, extremely challenging. Um, I think that, that you actually alluded to this as well, that creativity is not just art. So, you know, what brings you joy? Is it walking in nature? Now we can. So like get, getting out in, in nature, you, activating your senses. So through sight, you know, scenes like viewing beautiful art can be inspiring. Viewing a beautiful film can be inspiring. Listening to beautiful music. And I say beautiful, like whatever you brings you joy or evokes feeling you know, like what evokes feeling in you, um, that could even be anger sometimes. Like you, you know, you feel frustration, you feel anxiety. You can actually use that and put that into like channel it. And in art therapy, we call it sublimation. You're taking an experience and you're sublimating it and you're making it into something else. That process, that like sort of alchemical process is hugely transformative. So I would say, you know, um, if, if you're not feeling it there, I mean, there's a a lot of different ways to, to go about this, but if you're not feeling it, you know, doing something that brings you joy and that could look like so many different things of how to kind of get out of your, your mind a little bit and get into that flow state. Um, and then, like I said, sometimes you just sort of take that first step and the first mark is always the hardest. Don't you find? Yes. The blank page is so intimidating. My design instructor actually used to tell us when you get a new blank sketchbook, take the first page and just scribble all over it. Right. And then you've got over that, like, I've already ruined it. So anything I create after this, that page is the worst page. Right. Yeah. Which I thought was brilliant. Um, So I actually discovered you through your work with the Community Art Project in Dallas for Nova Scotia. I was on Instagram shortly after the tragic shooting happened and came across this brand new Instagram account, read what it was about, and instantly knew I had to create a piece of art for this and share it as much as possible. So can you just tell the listeners a little bit about that project and how it came together? Yes. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes, you can find your work on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mandalas for NS. It's just incredibly beautiful and incredibly inspiring. I'm so, you know, my cup runneth over with with joy and love. And that was the intention was, okay, we've experienced this tragedy. And we're, I, I won't speak for everyone because I can't. I was feeling 
overwhelmed, saddened, alone, scared, and felt that, you know, providing people with a tool that they could use to process some of their emotions. So mandalas can provide people with that opportunity, like we've been discussing, opening up your senses, um, you know, you activating the left and right hemispheres of the brain because it's like this puzzle in a circle. You sort of have to get the pieces to fit in the way that you want them to. It's this integration of different parts and pieces that come together to make a whole. And so if you think about mandalas in terms of like a fractal, we're making these individual, we're viewing mandalas, like you viewed the mandala project, then you made your own mandala, which provided you an experience of, you know, whatever it was that you were experiencing, hopefully positive. And then you're sharing that with other people Other people are then viewing your inspiring mandala. And then together, there's this sort of like community mandala. You know, I'm hoping that all of these can come together. You know, right now that we're just on Instagram, but as it grows every single day, these incredibly beautiful, poignant, thoughtful, loving images that we can somehow find a way to display it all together as a symbol of unity and connection. And that's, so it's on like a ma- micro and macro level of, of healing and connection was my, my hope and my intention um, for this project. So it was really born out of, of um, a feeling of, I have to do something, which I think a lot of people are, are feeling right now with the purpose of um, providing someone with a tool that they can use to, to work with these feelings and then to share that so that others might feel inspired as well. And my hope is that people who have never tried a mandala before will be brave and give it a shot and try it and see how it makes them feel. You know, there's no pressure. It doesn't have to look a certain way. It doesn't have to make you feel a certain way. It's just providing people with an experience um, that invites them into a creative process. Yes, it definitely helped me. It sort of switched my brain back into I have control. I'm safe where like I'm safe in my apartment. Yes, I'm afraid. Yes, everything's uncertain right now. But I can do this small thing and and be creative in this this tiny project that took like an afternoon for mine. Anyway, some of them are a lot quicker. So I don't want to discourage anyone to have to take an afternoon, but it really kickstarted my, my creative energy again. And I felt after I created that, I kept looking back on it through the week. And, and since then still of when I'm stuck to look at that and go, but that's a beautiful thing that I created at a time, like when I felt my worst and like it sort of built a little bit of resilience for myself. Um, yeah, to, to be able to, to move forward at the pace that I'm able to move forward because not everybody's at the same pace right now, which, um, is, is another whole thing. We could probably do a whole nother episode on that. Um, (laughs) we'll save it for later. Um, but what I also love about the project is the creativity that people are showing and different mediums that are being used. Like I saw someone uh, arrange their salad as a mandala and like 
things they found on the beach or flowers that they found or um, instead of putting a pattern, just using a circle as your canvas. So I love how people are showing up and sharing so much. And I think it's it's really resonating with people and people are feeling that sense of community and inspiring each other, which I know is your goal. So I feel it happening. So I hope you feel amazing about that. Yeah. I I feel so touched and so honored and really the just the the guiding force also is like I I really want people to to see these who who know that we were so affected and wanting to share our love. So it came from a place of like, of, of really um, hope and healing. And so my, my hope is that, you know, people in, in Colchester County and all over Nova Scotia and rural Nova Scotia where this happened can see those images too and feel that same thing of like, we care, we care about each other. And we care about ourselves and we're, we're taking the time to do that. So thank you so much for taking that time to, You're welcome. you know, to create these, these images, um, and in all of the varieties that they take, I feel, yes, I feel overjoyed really. And it's like I said, sublimating that, that pain into, um, you know, using that as the object and then transforming that into beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're not pushing away those feelings we're saying okay i i feel this way and i'm gonna i'm gonna choose to do something about that that is ultimately self-care so i yes so thank you so much and thank you for inviting me to on this to talk about this project that that means a lot to me amazing so how many have you received thus far oh my goodness there's like been i think like over 40 amazing and it's yeah it's really exciting and every day like this you know the people people continue to email every day i get multiple submissions and um have help with this project from the nova scotia art therapy um gabriella is also on instagram and she's helping me with with this project and also supported by avalon um so our hope is to spread the word and really um wanting people who maybe haven't tried a mandala to, to do one. Um, so that's, that's also a hope that I have. Um, yes, just sharing this project with anybody who you feel might benefit. And I feel like that would be anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. We all need a little help right now. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to end on a positive note. So, so what is one positive thing that you see as a result of this self-isolation, this whole pandemic situation that you hope keeps happening after we're able to hug each other again, which I can't wait till that happens. Honestly, meeting you. Oh, thank you so much. Would we have ever connected if we were strangers in the street, like looking down, you know, I'm like my, I'm really touched by the work you're doing and I'm hearing that you're touched by the work that I'm doing and here we are connecting yeah and sharing yeah. through like th- through this you know this platform that I sort of have been resisting for a long time like the same you know, same yeah. and so here we are and we are having this incredible conversation and doing these incredible projects 
And this was really came out of this this dark night of the soul that Nova Scotia and the world is facing. Yeah, amazing. I, yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah, that's. I think I'll I'll say that really like connecting with people who I and and doing things and creative projects that I would have never done had it not been out of almost desperation. Yeah, yeah, so true. Thank you so much for taking a chance and coming on my show. I also love that we're connecting. I love that we've we are now. Um, we, we now how to know how to reach each other and I will definitely be reaching out when we're able to hug again, to go for <laughs> coffee, to actually hug you. That would be amazing. Um, and so if anyone wants to connect with you, uh, where can they find you and what's the best contact method? Sure. Yes, please. Um, please do. Um, connect with me, you can email uh, mandalas4ns, so M-A-N-N-A-D-A-L-A-S, four, the, the number four, N-S, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, Instagram, same, mandalas4ns. Um, you know, that's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me right now. This project is growing every day. And so I hope to collaborate with other organizations, perhaps the AGNS to display these, like it'll be a big sort of metaphorical art hug when we can look at all of these images all together and see them and experience them. And so that's hopefully that that'll happen. Um, hopefully. And, uh, so yes, please contribute to this growing project. It's very exciting. It's, I hope that you find inspiration as well and, um, yeah, keep in, keep in touch for sure. Yeah. So as you were saying, a art exhibition, I pictured one of those interactive art exhibitions with all of them in a circle and you get to go in the center and see them all. Ooh, that's a great idea. Well, yeah. I mean, geodesic domes being in a circle is healing. Like think thinking outside of the box of mandalas. I mean, they really exist everywhere and that's such a cool idea. I love that. Yeah. So let's make that happen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. And that's the end of episode two. I hope that you really enjoyed listening to the conversation between Katie and I as much as I enjoyed actually having the conversation. I know that I will be connecting with her after this is done. And I hope that you got some knowledge and inspiration out of what we discussed today so thank you so much for listening if you want to follow along on instagram or twitter you can follow me at creative Conflab. and the podcast is now available on all of the major platforms so apple podcasts google podcasts spotify and a lot of people have searched apps that they use and found it that way so try that and have a great creative day and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.